ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. This is Janice Porter and uh, as usual, I'm excited about my guest. Today I have with me John Nimmo and John is out of, uh, works out of Illinois and we met really through relationships and it's kind of exciting because that's what I love about each of these people that I, that I interview. There's a different story about how we connected and I want to First of all, welcome you to the show, John. Oh, thank you so much. It's a delight to be here. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Um, we met because somebody else, a mutual friend or a, a friend of John's, was introduced to me um, through a podcasting connection that I had. And we became good friends. That was Mark Given, who's also been on my podcast and Mark introduced me to his friend, John, and, and it just went into a relationship that ended up me meeting both John and Mark in Salt Lake City in the summer, this summer, 2019. And I just love the stories that, that happen and how then we start to work on that relationship and get to know each other, which we have done. So it's been so much fun, John, to, to meet you and learn about you and, and your business. So, well, Jan Janice, it's just been a delight because you have so much energy about you that's positive. How can we not connect? Exactly. I mean, not connect, right? Yeah, exactly. So that leads right into, of course, um, first of all, and forget what you do and what I do and all of that stuff. Just want to say this because you just said to me before we started recording that you are all about relationships as well. So talk to me about that because that's well, what... Yeah. So, so if you've been in business, um, my premise has always been as an ex IBMer, and and um, you know I've always focused on longer term relationships. You know, it, it's you can be a hunter or you can be a farmer. There's a difference, right? And and those who are hunters, they go out and they want the immediate dollar from some superficial relationship. Mm -hmm. I've always been a long term guy. I'm the farmer. I want to plant seeds. I want to harvest later. I want to grow for the long term. And, and that's how I've succeeded in business is creating, uh, not just communicating, but connecting with people. And there's a, there's a huge difference, right? Total difference. Exactly. And, you know, I, I for a while and, and still as part of some of the, the uh, networking training that I do, I always ask people, are you a collector or a connector? You know, <laughs> yeah. completely different things. Same thing as the hunter and the farmer. And, um, and so uh, you teach, I know part of what you do, you have a company called Leadership Lived and you um, in it promote a positive message of personal and professional development and leverage sales training and consulting, right? You're a speaker yeah, yes. and you're a trainer yourself. So, um, and coach business and executives through masterminds and private coaching, right? And that's, yeah, so, yes, that's correct. Tell me for um, uh, tell me what your 
um, your strongest messages to people in a leadership uh, program with you or a mastermind? Like what, what do you find that they need the most or, you know, that you're able to share with them and teach them? Sure. Sure. That's a great question. Um, what most people need and where the, the most common comment that I get is I feel stuck. I'm in all of this chaos in the business world and I feel stuck. And, uh, and so the, the common thread through all of that might be, and what I hear the most, we all know what to do. I mean, there, there are thousands of books on setting goals. There's thousands of books on leadership. There are hundreds, hundreds of hundreds. There's nothing new under the sun. Right. In terms of business leadership or personal leadership or emotional leadership or physical leadership. Um, all of those things. The, the, the quest is how do we reduce the gap? And the gap is the distance between what we know to do and what we actually take action and do. Mm. That, that's, that's the common theme. And I'm a big on preparedness. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll, I'll give you a, a, a John Nimmo-ism. Sure. Um, would be that um, um, preparedness Plus, comp plus competence is equal to confidence, which equals opportunity. Ooh, I like that. Preparedness plus confidence. Preparedness plus competence. Competence. We have to be competent. Of course. Yeah. Only, okay. So, so we prepare, mm -hmm. and then we go to competent. We have to be competent at what we're doing, whether that's right. building relationships or building a business or, 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 or. Learning riding a bike, yeah. Riding a bike, you have yeah. to be competent. Yes. And and we gain that through study and practice. Yes. Failure, success. And once we've gone through, you know, if we really prepare and then we become competent, that gives us a confidence. Mm -hmm. And that confidence allows us to speak and to teach and to talk to other people about the path that we've been through. Mm -hmm. And and that confidence leads always to opportunity. That's great. That's yeah. I, I, you know, that's, there's so many lessons in that, just that one phrase. So you said what we've been through. So you've been through a lot. You started <laughs> yeah. out working for the big corporations and how did that work out for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it did and it didn't, you know, I was, uh, I was a lot younger. Absolutely. You know, and I, and, and so I, you know, I got married early in life and uh, it, it would seem that, you know, when you get married in my area, what you do is you become a salesperson of something. Sure. So you, you sell books or vacuum sweepers or, or clothing <laughs> or, or business supplies. And, um, and I happen to have a, a boss um, in the business supply and machines industry who got hired um, as a manager with IBM in St. Louis and he hired me um, to be under him. And so, yeah, I, I was an IBMer in the eighties. And you wore a lot of white shirts or blue shirts. What were they? Yeah, I had my choice. It was <laughs> a, blue or, a blue or gray suit, wingtip shoes, a burgundy tie and a white shirt. That was, that was the uniform. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and for men that are listening, it's still the same uniform today. <laughs> much choice. <laughs> um, but I ended up getting fired. Uh, and I, and I think, I'm very open about my failure in life. I think, I think people learn from failure. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think we all have to just 
fess up and go, you know, I failed a lot. I failed a lot in life. Um, but, you know, as John Maxwell would say, you know, sometimes we learn um, and sometimes we fail, right? Some, but we fail forward, right? right. And I've always thought of myself as going, if anybody can do it, then anybody can do it, right? If that makes sense. Yes, so it does. It does. I've, I love those. I have, I've had to dig ditches, run a backhoe. I've raised cattle. Um, you know, I've gone back to college late and went to applied to the veterinary school. Um, oh, I have really? a, yeah, I have a degree. I have a minor in chemistry from the university of Illinois. Um, and, and I, now I have a real estate business and I'm an entrepreneur and I'm growing. So, you know, the question is not, um, can I, you know, it, can I is an acronym for, um, constant and never ending improvement. Oh my goodness. You're full of these things. Constant and never-ending improvement. And, and so I don't compare myself to other people. I just compare myself to yesterday. You know, what do I have to do today? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah so we have a little bit of similarities in our path in getting married young and you know, moving on from that and working for, like I was a teacher and I loved teaching. However, um, and I always thought I was going to be a teacher because when I was going to school, there weren't a lot of options for women. However, um, teaching was what I did as a kid. I was bossy and I used to teach everybody else. In, in, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but I, I love teaching. But what I found was that there was so much bureaucracy that I couldn't handle in that public school system that I that I found when I took time off from it to, to have a baby, I didn't want to go back. Every time I wanted to talk about it was time to go back, I'd get this knot in my stomach. So I, in essence, I didn't go back. And I ended up having some time as a uh, corporate trainer. So I was still teaching, but it was now a different type of audience. And that was interesting because Teaching adults is actually the same as teaching kids. You just have to approach it, you know. But, um, but then... Yes, it is. Yeah, then I found, like you, I think, through your lessons, that, um, that I, I'm not so sure I wanted to work for someone else. But it took me a long time to figure out what my place was going to be, what my path was going to be as an entrepreneur. How, and yet, now... A long time later, I feel so good that I'm able to still teach, but I found a way to do it through training people um, in, who are also business entrepreneurs and business owners and so on through teaching them how to use LinkedIn and how to deal with relationships because it all kind of came together for me. And I know for you, I think that probably happened in your own way, right? Because um, tell me about um, uh, the John Maxwell connection. I've, I have a, I'm not super um, confident in talking about his work. I did read the 21 Refutable, Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, and I did yes. a little program on that with someone who had taken his training. But you're certified in his training, right? Yeah, I back in 2014, and I, and I must say, Giannis, um, I applaud you for continuing on your heartfelt mission of teaching. Uh, the audience changes. Yes. But we are hardwired. Mm -hmm. We can talk about that in a moment. Uh, I want to revisit that sure. in a few moments to go back to um, what actually hardwires us to do what we do. Okay, for sure. So, um, yeah, Maxwell, um, I went in expecting one thing, 
And uh, I engaged uh, back in 2014 in the Maxwell program, and I wanted to become a certified teacher, speaker, and leader. The absolute truth is, is that I had tried to read some of Maxwell's works prior to that. They just didn't resonate with me. Oh, okay. uh, it, it, and, and so I had a friend of mine that called me up and he said, hey, uh, I think we should go do this Maxwell training certification together. I'm like, why should we do that? I can't, I don't like, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and he convinced me to go because as a certified Maxwell instructor, um, you can license all of Maxwell's material as your own. Oh. So you get a license and you can use that, rebrand it as your own and use that. And, and as we all know, Maxwell has a wealth, uh, an entire library mm. of, of material. And, uh, and so that was the reason I engaged. When I got back, uh, going through the certification and, and studying, I began to change my leadership style in my corporation, in my office. And, and my staff and my team began to notice a difference. Oh. And, and so I, it kind of, for lack of a better term, it backdoored me into changing my own leadership style which is not what I expected when I went in to get certified. Right, exactly. So it did get into your, into your blood a little bit in a different way. Yeah, well, first of all, yeah, I'm a big reader. Yeah, you know, I, I know that about you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I read a lot. Um, but we have to have an intent to read, and that is to apply and execute. And otherwise, why read at all if I'm not going to you know, change the way I do things? So, so wait, stop there for a second. Yes. So does that mean that you don't read fiction? I don't read fiction. Okay, just wanted to clarify. Yeah, I'm not a casual reader. Yeah, yeah. Um, all to apply and learn. It, yeah, everything is to apply, and I get so absorbed. I'll, I will read a book, you know, three or four times, highlight, anecdote. I have to have the written copy because I make notes. And then, you know, I'm always trying to engage in what I learn on a path of improvement, constant and never-ending improvement. So. You know, my, my, my perception is why read if I'm not going to execute and apply what I'm learning? And that's, that's kind of what happened with the Maxwell stuff as a follow-up. Okay. So it's funny because um, I don't read very much fiction either. I, I'd like to be able to, but I can't focus long enough. I seem to be very ADD these days. And unless it's something <laughs> that I can apply and I, and, you know, I have to enjoy what I'm reading, of course, but I seem to always read business and personal development books it's, rather than fiction. So that's where, you know, we talked before uh, we started uh, the interview here about, you asked me, I showed you a picture of my granddaughter and you said, how did, and, and the blanket, and you, I said, I knit that. And you said, how do you have time to do that? I guess instead of reading, I do that while I'm <laughs> doing something else because it, it, calms me down, right? Yes, yes, um, absolutely. So let's go back to what you wanted to come back to and I've forgotten what it was. <laughs> so did I, I forgot. Oh, okay, uh, well, we'll move on then. Yeah, move on, let's go on, uh, you know. <laughs> um, okay, so, um, some, uh, so you said that you changed your, lead, your leadership style. So what would you say your leadership style is now? Well, what I'm learning, uh, is that 
for many of us who are leaders in the world today in business in corporations, we have a command and control leadership style. And that command and control has been in place in corporations that America since the second world war. So that's like leading from the top. Well, it's Is that what it's, you mean. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, it's, it's command and control. Yeah. In, in my era, years gone by, um, you know, many corporations had a command and control um, style mm -hmm. and it was their way or the highway kind of a kind of a plan. But our workforce is changing. Yes. We, we have a new skill development coming along with Gen X and millennials and and the old style of command and control is not working. Right. Uh, there's there's about a if you if you follow Gallup polls at all. About 87% of employees are disengaged yes. with, with, their, with their employment. Yes. They're disengaged. Not, not only not engaged, totally disengaged. Mm -hmm. And that's another gap that we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. right? So, so um, what do people want today in their employment? You know, what, do we, what do we desire? What, are the, what do people want in their employment? Because when I came up, you know, we went to work because we wanted to provide for our family. We wanted to provide for a college education. We wanted to get our, our daughter pay for a wedding. We wanted to be a provider. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's changed now to another P word, which is now purpose. So Nexus Millennials, we want purpose in our work. We want to save the world. <laughs> we, we, want, we want an alignment yeah. with the company mission, vision, and values. Mm -hmm to the reason and the purpose for my work. Mm -hmm. And so, so that represents a shift. Mm -hmm. and, um, and by and large, that's the, the huge gap today for corporations, uh, big, big, big corporations mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that, you know, how do we not only uh, recruit, train and motivate, which is the old style, mm -hmm. Today's style is how do I train, develop, and coach. And lead from supporting from, from right? Exactly. And yeah. so mid-level managers now are not used, they don't know how to do that. They don't know how to, how to have that conversation about, you know, Janice, you're doing a great job here. What's your vision? Where would you like to go? How, where, what's the vision for your life? How can we, how can we cooperate together to get what you want and also get what we want, you know, and, and mm -hmm. that means more of a relationship. Okay. That brings me to something I wrote down from your website that I want to just read and ask you to speak to relationship sales as a profession. Do you have a strategic relationship development plan? Be strategic about your relationships and increase your sales by 43%. A satisfied fan is worth 5.7 referrals over their life. Now, this was on That's your correct. website. Talk yes. to me about that because this is where I sit. This is like, you know, how do we strategically build relationships with the right people in the right places at the right time and make it work all around, right? I mean, it's so important. Well, it's what we do. It's the basis of business. So we've heard through our lifetime and, I, and I'll just add, I'll reflect the question back. Um, we've always heard that people will buy from whom they 
No, like and trust. Like and trust. Right. Does that sound like a relationship to you? In a way, yes. Yes. Yeah, I know you. Yeah. I like you. Yeah. I trust you. Yeah, of course. Of course, that's a yeah. relationship. Okay, when we go into business, if you were going to start your business tomorrow, and you were going to go to a lender to borrow capital to capitalize that business, mm-hmm. what would they require? References. Well, they want references. They want your tax returns for the last three years. Yeah. They want a business plan. They want projections. They want a marketing plan, right? They they want all of these uh, metrics. Right. The word, right? To right. measure whether or not you're going to be a success. Right. The shift has to be: what is your relationship building? plan because business is about relationships Mm. it's not about money not about capitalization it's all who you know it's about who who you're going to like who you're going to know who you're going to trust and who's going to like know and trust you Mm -hmm. i used to I, i think i grew up with that adage it's not what you know it's who you know well we know it but how do we apply it? Which goes back to your question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How can we apply that to the intentionality of building relationships? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and there is a skill involved. It's not, it's not an art form. You weren't just born, you know, with this leadership ability to go out and create relationships. Although there are some people more adept than others. Sure. But there are, it is a skill for sure. It's a skill set and you have to be very intentional about it, right? And I'll go back to my, you know, let's go to a networking event. So just suppose, Mm -hmm. you know, you and your listening audience, you go to a networking event, Chamber of Commerce or a BNI or or whatever it is, right? And and there are a hundred people at this event and after hours, right? What's your preparedness? How did you prepare, you know, go back, preparedness plus competence equals confidence and opportunity. So how did you prepare to go in? The old adage of here's my business card, here's my business card, we take 100 business cards, pass them out. We're not really connecting with anybody. We're collecting. We're collecting. So how do we ask the proper questions? Yes. As opposed to talking about what I do and I, 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 you know, people love to talk about themselves. They want to be heard. Mm-hmm. I, I often say that allowing people to speak is like allowing them to breathe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we want to be heard. We want, we want to, we want to. And, and so when you're asking the right questions, mm-hmm. you know, like, like Janice, um, what is it that causes you to lose sleep at night? What keeps you awake? You know, um, you know, how, in terms of your goals, how focused do you intend to be? Hmm. Wow. How focused do you intend to be? Right. So we all have these goals, but how focused are you going to be right on achieving those things? The power in the questions Mm -hmm. is to strengthen building relationships. Mm -hmm. And and so when I go into a room of a hundred people, you know, my vision is to have a connection with two people, Mm -hmm. just two. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I I attended a networking event in St. Louis last week. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I met a guy and, and who immediately we connected and he wanted to interview me on his podcast, which happened yesterday. Oh, cool. Right. Um, I was seated by a first timer at this event and there were, I mean, let's just say 150 people, right? Yep. It was a sit down event. 
it was a sit down event. There was a speaker. It wasn't me this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it just so happened that um, there was a lady walking in and as the, you know, the old fashioned conservative gentleman that I am, I held the door for her and she said, thank you and walked on in. That's, a, that's another communication lesson all in itself about reciprocity. Anyway, as it ended up, uh, she ended up sitting beside me at the table. There are it, no accidents, you know. Well, this was totally happenstance, right? No, there are no accidents. We began to talk and she yeah. was vice, she's the vice president of a company. And then she invited me to explore Leadership Lived, what I was doing. I wanted to hear more about what she was doing. And so we made a connection. Right. Well, you know, here, here I have two people in the course of an hour mm -hmm. that really formed a connection with that will be long term. Right. It's not just it's not just pulling the trigger and hunting, you know. And of course, you'll send them a card. With absolutely. Card. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's already been done. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so wait a second. So um, here's what one thing I. I would add to that, first of all, what type of, like what took you to that event in the first place? A friend of mine was doing the keynote okay. and he invited me to come. Uh, as to support a, him basically. Yeah, kind, kind of an evaluation tool. Okay, perfect. Okay, so you were there for one reason, but you also um, knew, you know, had an intention before you went of, of it going to work for you to, to meet somebody new, two, two people, you said. I always find that if, when I'm teaching people about networking effectively in a face-to-face -face situation too, I, if there's time ahead of time, I always ask them to do their homework and find out who's going, who, who might be there that they want to meet. And I always say there's five people to meet at a networking event. There's the, the, the organizer, there's the speaker, there's, and you want to meet the person who's what we call the hub, right? They know everybody. So if you're looking to meet person A and person B, go to the, find out who the hub person is because they know everybody and they'll point you in the right direction. And usually it's the organizer that will know that. So that's why it's important to, to meet them. And then um, make sure that you, are that you have two solid leads when you leave and uh, you know connections i should say and so exactly i agree with exactly what you said um i think that uh quite often people have no idea why they're there it's maybe not even the right place and so they don't engage with anybody and so they come out of there and say i hate networking never meet anybody right? <laughs> Isn't networking such a generic term? True. I, I, I kind of equate it with a um, like paradigm shift. Back when Stephen Covey was writing his book, we, yes. par paradigm happened to be throughout the English language everywhere at that time. And now it's kind of something that's gone past. Yes, okay. And we think of networking as this common term, but do we really have a strategy? Do we really know what we're doing? Are we prepared mm -hmm. to go are we just showing up, passing out business cards and sharing a drink and then, right. and then hoping, hoping something will mature out of that? I know. It's interesting. I, and, yeah. you know, I take that also online when I'm teaching LinkedIn because I think a messaging strategy is like networking online with a, with, with a goal to first on who, 
first the goal is about who you want to meet, who you want to outreach to, and then it's how do you do it with the goal of taking it offline eventually and yeah. turning it into yeah, and yeah. sometimes Absolutely. sooner rather than later. That's great. Then, depending on who you are and how you network, but or how you build that relationship faster. Sure, that yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, it is totally fascinating. So um, how would you say, just to finish what we were talking about when, when I read what I had seen on your website, how would you say being strategic about your relationship increases your sales by 43%? Like, where did that come from? <laughs> well, it's actually a Gallup poll. Okay. Uh, I didn't create that. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. But, but let's go in and, and let's say that we meet 10 people. Okay. And, and we're comfortable in asking power questions, mm -hmm. um, you know, what causes you to lose sleep? Or, hey, Janice, tell me your story. Mm -hmm. Or we show a genuine interest. And I, and I want to talk about being genuine for a moment. For sure. Uh, you, you have to have a heart. This is not something that you're disingenuous with. Um, you have to recognize that relationships require effort mm -hmm. and management, right? They're... This is not something that is happenstance that, that you're not going to put something effort into or action into. So the difference is, can we be genuine and strategic at the same time? True. Yeah, that's they, really they, true. Yeah, they are not mutually exclusive. Right? No. So you and I met, you know, in the summer, several weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, I genuinely like you. I mean, what's not to like about <laughs> I feel the same really, way. Right? Okay. And so, so I genuinely connected with you. Mm -hmm. right? I care. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we're, we're sharing grandbaby pictures now. I know. Right. <laughs> but, but we're also strategic in about, you know, I have an obligation now to help Janice build her business and Janice is going to reciprocate that back. Right. And, and so that statistic, that 47% okay. is, is about, who can help me and who can I add value to? You know, and I think I talked to you about coming on your podcast, right? So mm -hmm. this is not about you and I, it's about your audience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. About bringing value mm -hmm. to your listeners, right? And that's, that's the goal, right? right. That's going to make them go, I listened to Janice's podcast. It was excellent. I got so much out of that. Mm -hmm. that's the goal. Yeah. That's, the goal. That's, that's really, really important that, uh, and and feels like that goes to my heart because that's that's where I am and where I live and my my gut instinct tells me the you know what to do but my heart feels it and and the fact that you said that is really important and special and I appreciate that because oh you're welcome I mean yeah, it it's genuine. yeah yeah no yeah. and that's that's really good and that's why you know I spend a few minutes extra before we go on the call because I want to just make that connection stronger each time I talk to you or to someone else that I'm, you know, that I'm talking to based on that, because um, that's where the no like and trust builds. That's where, and I was talking, I was interviewing another gentleman, friend of mine uh, earlier this morning, and he um, was saying that, oh dear, I just lost my train of thought. Um, yes, this happens when you get older. <laughs> well, uh, let me, so, so let me go back. Okay. Um, part of that 47% is, we all know what the 6% connectivity is throughout the world, right? It, you know, but 
you have secondary and tertiary relationships that occur out of the primary relationship. Right. So you met Mark. Yes. Mark happens to be my speaking coach. Right. Love him to death. Uh, he and I connected at an event and we just immediately had an affinity for each other. We liked each other. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what, what's, what's wrong with saying, man, Janice, I like you. You're somebody I'd like to get to know. How do we connect? Nothing. 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 And, and I don't mean that in a, you know, I don't want it to get misconstrued in a no, bad way. No, 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 I know. Right. No, but right. I genuinely, but genuinely like somebody. So your, your relationship is like a, a, a exponential growth curve. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. Mark, Mark knows me, likes me, connected with you. He referred you to me, mm -hmm. right? And then we connected. Mm -hmm. So it's not always about the primary person. Right, right. It's about who they know. Yes, and okay, so what I was gonna say is that um, um, Ben, who I was speaking with earlier this morning, he, he and I were talking about how, and this goes, speaks to what you just said, that, you know, I hold my relationships, my community, my network really to my heart. And I, I, I don't like to send somebody to somebody in my network if I don't know that person well enough. Somebody asked me yesterday, did I know a copywriter that could help her uh, with her website? Well, I might, but I don't know that there's a fit because I don't know this person well enough or feel that she's right. So I, I'm very protective of the people in my network. And I think that's part of it too, is so that that authenticity, so that that, um, that realness of your connections and your, uh, I protect them, you know, like, yes. I, right. And I think that's yeah. important too. So, well, I, I, so, so let's speak to that for a moment. I don't think that Mark would have referred you to me had he not had confidence in me to say, you really need to talk to this guy, right? Because. Right. You know. Yeah, he thinks there's a fit and he knew me. He, he thinks there's a fit, right? Now, yeah. he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have said that if, if he and I didn't have a great relationship. Right. And obviously, if we hadn't built a rapport, he and I, yeah. right? Right. That yeah, yeah. Either, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, I adore him. He's, he's amazing. So, <laughs> so um, but you, you guys both travel so much. It's, it's amazing to me. I don't just, you travel as much as him. I don't travel as much as him. I would like to. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So that's a great yeah. segue. Into okay. The last thing I want to talk to you about is I know you have a book coming out. I do. And um, I think at the end of this year, that's the, the, the schedule, right? Yes, ma'am. Tell me a little bit about that because when it does launch, you might be traveling more than you think. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I was pressured to write a book for a long time and I pushed back against that. Okay. Um, uh, I did not want to be, you know, disingenuous. I didn't, you know, for somebody who claims to be an author and they publish a book just so that they can get, yeah. uh, you know, the more, author thing behind them. More, yeah, 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 yeah. More, more. You know, whatever you, whatever you want to do. Yeah. No, 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 no. If I write a book, I want, I want it to play on all of my experience. I want it to have meat. I want it to have teeth, and I want it to be relevant. You know, uh, not just so that I can say that I sold a book or that I can call myself an author. Okay, so this is yeah. a serious book, and it is it's, called. Yeah. It's called Why Wait. Mm -hmm. 
And it's uh, the byline is a leader's perspective on procrastination, why we do it and what to do about it. I know. And that's like, uh, I'm sure everybody has a procrastination story that's in business or not in business even, but I'm sure it's aimed at who's your target audience. Well, to be honest, have you ever had um, a hard conversation that you didn't want to have? Oh, sure. Perhaps, perhaps with your teenage daughter or teenage son. Yeah. Or perhaps with your spouse about finances. Yes. Or perhaps about, you know, at your business when you're going to have, you know, a disciplinary conversation with a staff member or a team okay. member. Okay. Right? Um, you know, those are all things we deal with on a daily basis. Why wait? Why wait? And, and my experience with that um, was a little battle with, with a cancer issue that I had. And I was recommended to take action. I had, I had three, three courses of action. I, I could remove the gland. I could, I could do radioactive treatment. Or I could wait and watch and evaluate. Mm -hmm. I chose to wait. And then 18 months later, I'm recontacted for another biopsy. And I put it off again. Oh, you know? no. Yeah, well, okay. All right. So some, some of that, and, and then when you look at what happens with procrastination, if you procrastinate that conversation, you should have had Friday. Mm -hmm. What do you think about all weekend? Yeah. It gets worse. It just you, hovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you carry that weight on your shoulders um, and you're never fully engaged with anyone else because right. you have that pressing issue, you know, a pressing issue mm -hmm. that you're not dealt with. Right. And, and so we all do it. It makes easy things hard and hard things much harder. <laughs> yeah. The longer we put it off, you know, the harder it's going to be. And uh, I've, I've researched now for a year um, into why we procrastinate. And, and immediately people think, oh, it's just fear. No, it's not fear. It's perfectionism. It is uh, competing interests. It is. There are a fear component. Mm -hmm. It's self-image and self-esteem out of ourselves. Our own belief system wow. is one of the reasons why we procrastinate things. Mm -hmm. um, and so we identify those things. We are rare, we, the challenge of the book is to raise Janice's awareness level into why she does it. Well, in doing that, though, will that stop, supposedly stop me from doing it again? It, it won't stop you, but it will put you on the path to recovery. Whereas now that I know why I do it, I can attack it and know how to remedy it. Okay. 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 And, yeah. and that's all a part of the book. It's, it's, um, I don't know, I'm 50,000 words in right now and, and, uh, we're, we're headed to final edit and publish book covers done. And I'm very excited about it because I think it has a universal appeal. Mm -hmm. uh, we all do it. The question is, why do I do that? Mm -hmm. Why wait? You know? So did you, so you procrastinated about writing the book too, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know that I procrastinated. I, uh, you weren't ready. You weren't ready. People kept pushing me going, you have so much in you. You got to get it out. You got to get it out. You got to get it out. And there's people that need to hear what you got, you know? And, uh, and so I finally, you know, you know, I didn't want to be egotistical. So I just bit the bullet and I, I, um, 
I, I reserved a cabin in the mountains and I secluded myself for two weeks and I went away, no cell phone, no media, anything. And I wrote, I just, I just wrote, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it, you know, the people I've shared it with have thought, uh, said very good things. So. Well, I'm looking. Thank forward you for to asking. Thank oh, you for absolutely. asking. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it. And and when the book's out, you'll have to come back and tell us, you know, how it's going and and how it's changed your trajectory. Because it will. It will. Oh, already has. There you go. Yeah. Already has. So um, I'd like to wrap up, John, with um, maybe just asking you before your book's out. Okay, what would you say is the I know that you don't read fiction. So in all the books that you've read, which maybe I'll give you two, not one. What's your favorite ones? <laughs> um, I think Gary Keller's book, The One Thing. One Thing. Okay. Um, and also uh, a book by Guy Hendricks called The Big Leap. Oh, is that a relatively current one or no? Um, I think it's relatively current. Um, I've heard and, maybe and, you know. Yeah, I I just finished Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, it's incredible. Um, uh, Brian Moran's book, The Twelve Week Year, mm -hmm. amazing. Um, you know, I'm I'm giving you the list here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So don't give me any more uh, because. I, I'll, all right, all right, all right. Um, that's that's um, uh, the the one thing I, I am like. Uh, I told you a little ADD, I get so far in a book and then I never finish it. And I've uh -huh. gone that far in that book and I haven't finished it. So I must go back to that one. And uh, I think I was doing some work with Keller Williams. That's why I did that. Yeah. Uh -huh. And um, the big leap, I don't know if it was you that mentioned it or somebody else. And Atomic Habits has been mentioned to me three times in the last two months. So I guess I okay. read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, and all of these are, are introspective books in yeah. You know, why we do things, how do I get better? So with Atomic Habits, does it have any relevance to procrastination? It does. Okay. Um, he talks, and there's a, a, a chapter in the back about that a little okay. bit. Okay, awesome. Well, John, this has been delightful. And I oh, thank really you so much. I appreciated having you on the show. Now, how can my audience find you? I, I, and I will put it in the show notes, but just to let me know, let them know. Yeah, leadershiplived.com. That's it. Everything's there. It's my website. Everything's there. You can contact me, John, J-O-H-N, at leadershiplived.com is my, is my email address. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I would encourage you to reach out. You know, it's a, it's, um, you know, there's two kinds of people in the world, Janice. There's those who sit and wait on things to happen. You know, they wait on their ship to come in. They're going to wait for an opportunity. And then there are those who will reach out to others. Um, I, one of my favorite speakers is Les Brown, and he says, oh, yeah. opportunity never knocks. It sits silently by the way, waiting for us to discover it. Beautiful. That's a yeah. super ending. Thank you so much, John, and we will talk again soon. Love you, Janice. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. 
If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.